Hey everyone, welcome to the Horror Geek Podcast from HorrorGeekLife.com. I'm your host, Melissa, and today Matt and I are going to talk about one of the best cult comedies, in my opinion, ever made, and that is 1985's Pee-wee's Big Adventure. But before we get into all of that, Matt, how is 2022 going for you so far? We're, what, 11 days into this? How's it going? It's going really well so far. Lots of work, which is always amazing. And I started the year out by going through all of my comics. And I am currently staring at about 20 long boxes. And I have weeded out probably four of them to either donate to the library or throw on eBay. Probably a combination of both. You have so many comics. I think I have a lot of comics, but I really don't compare to major collectors. <laughs> Godspeed, because I do not envy you. That's actually what I've had to do with my VHS. Mm-hmm. I have started cutting down on my VHS a little bit, you know, and kind of have physical media just explode all over my house. <laughs> so I've had to cut down a little bit. So I have huge totes right now just filled with VHS. And although I still love it, I just need to be a little bit more selective. I'm going to do the same thing. Some are going to get donated. Some will get sent to friends who also collect and some may go up in eBay. I'm not really sure yet. I've never sold anything on eBay in my life. I can walk you through that if needed. Yes. I have bought one thing from eBay my whole life. I was really proud of myself for for navigating that. (laughs) We should drop our Ebays (laughs) at some point. Hey, we're having some hot sales here. I'll have a lot listed here soon, so... I mean, it's the beginning of the year, so it's kind of nice just to start fresh and feel a little bit less cluttered with everything. And people like us, people like our friends, we all collect really cool stuff, and we just kind of get carried away sometimes. Yeah, carried away is definitely the uh, best adjective for that one. I think I was working on this for five or six hours yesterday, and I feel like I accomplished nothing. Speaking of really cool stuff like comics... There's a lot coming out this year that I'm looking forward to. I'm sure you are too. Not just comics, but games and movies. Do you want to name just a few that you're excited about? Scream is coming out here this weekend, so I'm really excited about that. I'm really hoping they'll actually pull the trigger on some of these main characters because it's long overdue. (laughs) And I still have my fingers crossed that Matthew Lillard pops up somewhere. I keep seeing people say, oh, I really want Matthew Lillard. And how would it happen? I don't know. We didn't see him die. Come on. Oh, he's dead. No. So there's a lot of original cast coming back. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that you want one of them (laughs) to die. Maybe not just one. Okay. You know, though, the one that I'm kind of attached to is David Arquette. I know. You can't kill David Arquette. I mean, it's time to clear the path for some new blood. I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, I cannot see them killing Sydney, but you know, you never know. I mean, we've seen Laurie Stroh died before. It's true. I mean, I remember Resurrection was just god awful, but I remember sitting in the theater watching it. When she died in the beginning, I was just like, what just happened? And what are we about to watch for the rest of the movie? <laughs> like, this is the first <laughs> few minutes. I was shocked. And so, you know, we saw that. And they pulled Drew Barrymore at the very beginning. They offed her Mm -hmm. in the original film, which was a huge shock to, like, everybody. So maybe they will. Maybe they'll go big. 
Yeah. What else are you looking forward to? I was very late to the game on Dying Light, the original, and I finished that uh, probably about a month ago, I say. So I'm really looking forward to the sequel, and that is coming out in February, I believe. Yes. I will definitely be playing that. Oh, man, I love Dying Light. I've played the full campaign, I think, three times now. Mm -hmm. Loved it. So I'm with you. I can't wait. And yeah, we don't have to wait much longer for that one under a month. Anything else you want to mention? Um, Of course, Halloween ends. I mean, we've still got a while and hopefully this one won't be pushed back like Halloween Kills was. I'm hoping that they wrap it up nicely. I was a fan of Kills, which I believe you were as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are the minority in that. (laughs) I I do believe, but uh, I had a really great time with it. Yeah, I'm hoping that it wraps up nice. Talking about main characters dying, I feel like Lori is probably going to die. Jamie Lee Curtis, she's not going to do another Halloween movie. Yeah, I think this is her swan song for sure. Yeah, I have said it before and I'll say it again. I see her and Michael just taking each other out of the game completely. I agree. I think that's kind of the only way you can and this trilogy yeah well we shall see that one comes out october 14th you know things are starting to get closed down again i saw that the screen premiere actually got shut down because of covid i am already starting to hear word of things getting postponed until the fall that were going to happen the spring like events and hopefully the films you know they have been finding ways around theater closures and things like that and hopefully if that happens you know we don't want that to happen but if it does happen i want to hope that we still get to see it but scream a lot of people are upset that it's only coming out in theater because we've had a year where things are coming out on peacock (laughs) and hbo (laughs) (laughs) we're still laughing about halloween on peacock because we just didn't expect that yes And so, you know, some people are upset that they don't feel safe going to theater, but that is the only way to see such a big installment of the franchise. And so there are a lot of people just waiting it out. I can't blame them. I may go to the theater to see this. I'm getting very tempted. We'll see what happens because there's some good stuff coming out this year. Yeah. The things that I'm looking forward to, I have to mention a comic just because it's so silly that I can't wait for it. (laughs) And that one is Godzilla versus the Power Rangers. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, Rita gets transported to a different dimension and she finds herself in the universe of Godzilla. And she doesn't realize that the Power Rangers followed her. Of course they did. And so now the Power Rangers have to take on Godzilla. Plus it's Colin Bunn, who I'm a huge fan of. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see him take on this property. But that one's going to be released in March from IDW and Boom. You'll have to let me know how Bunn handles that one. Because it definitely seems hokey. It seems so hokey. But I mean, you're talking to the person who also owns Archie versus Predator, Archie versus Sharknado, the Ghostbusters and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I love silly crossovers like this. I'm here for it. Oh, I love them too. The Archie versus Predator series are amazing. Yes. Thank you. Yes. And then, of course, I have to mention the Batman, which comes out March 4th. Robert Pattinson. I love him. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I want to see what he does with it. I have nothing against Pattison. I do think that he's actually a really great actor, but I have no excitement or 
real interest in seeing this movie just because I could care less about Batman. <laughs> I was about to say, you're a comic guy, but you're not really a huge fan of the big two being Marvel and DC. Well, mm-hmm. I guess probably more Marvel. Yeah, I'm a much bigger fan of Marvel than Got DC, you. even though both of them have plenty of mistakes going on with their companies, at least comic book wise right now. Yeah. I do love Batman, but I haven't read a new Batman series. I think the last one that I really read was probably back in like 2014 or from 2014. I read it more recent years, but Mm -hmm. I just haven't been keeping up with it. But, you know, of course, I love Batman. It's freaking Batman. James Tinian, I think his run just ended. I read a little bit of that and it was pretty good. But then he left and went to do his Substack thing, which all the big names and comics seem to be doing now but joshua williamson is writing batman now nail biter fame yes and i've heard lots of really good things i can't bring myself to pick up more batman yeah i probably will at some point i just need to knock some off my stack first (laughs) before i do (laughs) and for anyone wondering what substack is it is where you pay to have exclusive newsletters so They are newsletters from creators and they have exclusive content and things like that. I have not subscribed to any Substack yet, but there's a couple of creators I would probably because I do their Patreon. Again, the word up today is selective. Uh, (laughs) So I would be selective about that, which is appropriate that we have a word of the day since, you know, we're talking about Pee-wee. Okay, so the last one that I'm going to mention that I'm really looking forward to for 2022, this is not the only one uh, that I'm still looking forward to, but big one I want to mention is The Black Phone, and that comes out June 24th. It's actually an adaptation from a Joe Hill story. This one's going to be directed by Scott Derrickson, and it is going to star Ethan Hawke. Now, Ethan Hawke actually stars a very sadistic killer in this, and he not only kills, but he targets children. He kidnaps a child. There's a supernatural element where he talks to the killer's previous victims. I'm excited for that one. It's been on my musty list for several months since I saw the trailer. You know what? We actually forgot to mention one. Shame on us. Yeah, such a big shame. We forgot to mention Bob's Burgers. Bob's Burgers. It's coming out May 27th, and we were actually going to talk about this during the news. We can talk about it right now instead. Yes. Last night, the trailer dropped. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm a huge Bob's Burgers fan. I think it's just one of the funniest shows I've ever seen. And the trailer, it doesn't really give a whole lot of plot away or anything like that, which I'm okay with. Yes, I was very okay with that. Yes, but we do get Linda in the very sexy hamburger suit with a drawn-on bikini. (laughs) (laughs) Which I already want to do that for Halloween, (laughs) just seeing the trailer. I am definitely going to hold you to that costume. It'd be fun pair it up with a jean hamburger suit and then a Linda hamburger suit with the bikini drawn on. Yes. Perfect. Very excited about that. And I think we both would have kicked ourselves if we would have forgotten to mention it. Oh, yeah, we definitely would have re-recorded a segment for that. All of a sudden, it would just go, Bob's Burgers, (laughs) and then continue. (laughs) (laughs) I like how the trailer started off as like a Burger King commercial or something. It's all realistic, flipping the burgers, and then, yeah, it goes into the typical animation that we're used to with Bob's. I watched it a few times. Yeah. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into some news now. 2022, we are 
just not even two weeks into this, and we have already seen some stuff. Yeah. So first of all, right at the end of the year, actually on December 31st, we lost Betty White. Betty White is a legend. I think everybody has their Betty White growing up type stories. And she was 99 years old. She was looking forward to a really big party for her birthday uh, this month, actually. Yeah. She didn't quite make it there, but what an amazing life. And she did so much and she gave to so many. And she was a huge savior of animals and really sad to see her pass. Yes, for sure. Many fond memories of the Golden Girls growing up. Golden Palace was the spinoff of that show, and a lot of people haven't seen full episodes, but I can happily say that Hulu just put them on. Mm -hmm. The next one I'm going to mention is Sidney Poitier. He was just such a legend, and he did so much for the civil rights movement. He did so much for film. He was 94 when he passed, and you know, like Betty, what an amazing long life, and someone who inspired so many actors and creators and directors and just goes on and on. The tributes pouring out for both of them have just been emotional, inspirational, celebrations of life, I think, at that point. But the last one that I'm going to mention Bob Saget, he just passed away and he was 65. This one hit really hard. Yeah. Really hard. It it took me about a day to process that it happened. Growing up, you know, I was like this lonely kid and I looked to TV a little bit, you know, comics, video games. That's how I started everything that I love today is as a kid, just kind of needing an outlet. And I turned to Full House all the time. And, um, you know, Bob Saget kind of became all of our dad. And I know that he had a really great career outside of Full House. You know, he was a brilliant comedian. I mean, he cut deep, kind of like Norm MacDonald. Mm-hmm. I remember, Matt, when we talked about Norm MacDonald passing away, you said something to the effect of, you know, he could cut you deep. <laughs> yeah. And look right in your yeah. eyes and do it. And yes. Bob Saget had the same humor and and it works because, you know, they also made a movie together, Dirty Work. Yes. Bob Saget actually directed that. He was the same way, but man, everything that people are saying about him right now, I have loved reading the tweets and the the messages because they just loved him. And they talk about how generous he was. And if you ever did him a favor, he never forgot. He always repaid it threefold. And it's just the kind of guy he was. When I heard the news that he had passed away, I just, I was like, no, that can't be. I definitely grew up knowing him as the dad on Full House as well. And I still remember when I found out what kind of comedian he was. And it just completely blew my mind that he was he was not that person at all. Rest in peace, Bob. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So next up in our news is we got a first look at The Boys Season 3. And, you know, Matt, have you read these comics? I have. Okay. I have not read the comics. I've heard (laughs) how incredibly raunchy they are. I have Mm -hmm. seen panels from it, but I have not read The Boys. I will at some point, but I'm way into the show. Are you a fan of the show? I really enjoyed the first season, and I've only seen the first couple of episodes of the second season. But yeah, I've enjoyed the show so far. I'm a huge fan of Carl Urban ever since Dread. The whole cast has been stellar, especially when you're comparing it to the comic. I own season two, so I just need to finish watching it. Season two does not disappoint at all. Season three is going to come out June 3rd. And uh, actually, the first three episodes will be out June 3rd. And then they will release every Friday until episode eight. And that will be the finale. 
Also this season, we're going to see Supernatural's Jensen Ackles. So he's going to be Soldier Boy. Mm-hmm. And again, I've never read the comics, so I'm only quoting here that he is Homelander before Homelander. Eric Kripke does say that he is not a good guy. So don't expect Dean Winchester to come in and, you know, fight <laughs> yeah. against the soups that are going wrong. That is not going to happen. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for season three. I cannot wait. So we put out news today that Kolchek, the Night Stalker, is getting an anthology graphic novel. It's actually the 50th anniversary since the TV horror film The Night Stalker, which, by the way, was written by Richard Matheson, was aired. So Moonstone Books is going to bring the cult classic back as a 120-plus page anthology graphic novel. And man, they have some talent behind this series. <laughs> so it's going to feature Richard Christian Matheson, who is the son of Richard Matheson, and Rodney Barnes. How cool is that? We've been talking about Philadelphia. Yes. Been praising it. And the writer of Philadelphia is going to have a segment. Now, they're going to break it up by decades. So each decade is going to have a different Kolchak story, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out. Yes. It launched on Kickstarter. It already made goal. So if you want to back that to get, you know, early releases or whatever, or some exclusive stuff, you can still do that. It goes on for 31 more days and it flew past the goal. So really happy about that. Very exciting. So as we mentioned, we are talking today about 1985's Pee-wee's Big Adventure. This one was directed by Tim Burton. It was written by Phil Hartman, Paul Rubens, and Michael Varhol. And of course, the music is by Danny Elfman. Now, this is, I believe, the first time Danny Elfman actually did a score. Really? Yeah, he really didn't have a lot of experience, and he did it. And my God, I mean, that music still today is so iconic. Classic. So uh, this was a Warner Brothers release, and it came out August 9th, 1985. And Paul Rubens actually did a tour for it, which I saw that. I went to the show here in Dallas. It was the last show that I saw before the lockdown. That was at the point where we weren't quite sure what was going on with this whole thing called COVID and we weren't locking (laughs) down yet. Remember that kind of in between stage where like, what's about to happen to the world? Yeah. And I remember going in there and sitting down and I would like hear someone cough and I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, (laughs) this is before we started wearing masks and all Mm -hmm. of that. And the rest of the tour after the show was closed. This was the last thing I saw before lockdown, and it got me through lockdown because it was amazing. (laughs) First, we watched the film. Mm -hmm. Paul Rubens came out and talked. That man just sits on a chair in the middle of the stage, takes a deep breath, and he just takes his sweet time (laughs) saying, like, anything. He doesn't care. He does not care. It's a full house in front of him. But Mm -hmm. what was really cool about that is Mark Holton, who plays Francis... The audience had no idea that he was in our in the audience. He was actually a couple of rows behind me, and he watched the whole movie. And he stood up, you know, and everybody clapped for him. And it was just a really cool moment. Um, he was there with his wife, and it was really cool to see him. That is awesome. Now, this movie was a hit. You know, they really didn't know if it was going to be a hit. And on a $7 million budget, it brought in, just domestically, it brought in almost $41 million. Did you watch this one when you were little? I'd probably say I watched this every other day when I was a kid. This is one of those films that's like a go-to film. I love this movie so much. What's really weird, I sent this to you right before the show. I went, oh my God, I cannot believe that we're recording today. 
because we're recording on the 11th and I didn't realize, you know, when he goes into the cafe after he gets a ride with Large Marge, yes, it goes to her tribute stone. Her death date is January 11th, 1974. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that is so cool. So this is for you, Large Marge. <laughs> yes, this is our Large Marge tribute. Thank you for making me shit my pants as a child. <laughs> <laughs> Now, so Pee-wee's Big Adventure was actually inspired by the Pee-wee Herman show, which is where Pee-wee really got his footing. That is where Paul Rubens took Pee-wee and made him into the character that we met in Big Adventure. That was five mm-hmm. years before this movie when that started in 1980, and then six years before Pee-wee's Playhouse started to air. Paul Rubens started writing a script, and I think originally it was a totally different script than what Pee-wee's Big Adventure ended up being, but you know, eventually the other talents came on, and then at the same time, Tim Burton he was looking for a feature film to direct, and they got him on. Danny Elfman joined on, and hey, it was like perfect. <laughs> I mean, just right? a perfect storm. Yes. We could go on about the different trivia and things with this film, but what I really wanted to talk about were the cameos. Pee-wee's Big Adventure has very cool cameos. Yes. Yeah, so let's go ahead and talk about these cameos. Let's do it. So the first one, of course, is going to be Phil Hartman. You know, he was also in Pee-wee's Playhouse as Captain Carl. Yes. He doesn't have a big part in it, but he plays the reporter at the end. You know, at the end, they kind of have a big reunion of the whole movie. Mm -hmm. There he is, and he is listening to Francis as Francis tells his side. Yes. Francis was like the ultimate villain. When he stood up at the event, Paul Rubens actually said, now remember, he's a friend. He's not really Francis. So everybody needs to clap for him. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And everybody stood up and just gave him this huge, I mean, it was like a two minute round of applause. And that's so great. And I know we're kind of straying here, but that's okay. So the part, though, that always got me was in the bathtub. Or, you know, in that giant <laughs> in <the> pool. pool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when Pee Wee dives in and he's just like so like slippery and <laughs> just the whole scene. <laughs> I mean, and who didn't use their insults like for your whole life, right? Oh, yeah. My grandparents used to own parrots. They would parody whatever voices they heard. And I taught that bird. It used to do Pee Wee Herman impressions based off of me doing them. Even as a kid, that started to get so annoying. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Mama and Papa. <laughs> well, if you had to choose between hearing that, a, a Pee Wee Herman impression from this parrot, or Ace Ventura quotes, which one would you pick? Ooh, I don't know. That's a hard one. Uh, you're you're kind of getting the raw deal on both of those. <laughs> I mean, I would have to go Pee Wee, even though it would annoy me really fast. Mm-hmm. I love Ace Ventura, but that movie is so hard for me to watch today because of the impressions in, you know, (laughs) with boys in high school. I hated it. Yes. The next one I want to mention is, you know, if you love horror, you love Cassandra Peterson, Elvira. Yes. She makes a cameo as Biker Mama. Mm-hmm. You know, I did an article about the cameos, and there were a lot of horror fans that said, oh, my God, I never realized that that was Elvira. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, because Cassandra Peterson is a beautiful redhead. <laughs> and <laughs> she is, you know, not Elvira in this. She is Biker Mama. 
Cassandra Peterson and Paul Rubens have been friends for a very long time. They were actually in the comedy troupe, The Groundlings. So, of course, you know, she has to make that cameo. What's really fun about hers, though, is that she gets to threaten his life. Now, he has one last request before she has her goons do him in. Yes. And what does that lead to? The tequila dance. The tequila dance. Which was my favorite scene. My grandparents can also attest to that because I don't know if they still have it, but there used to be, maybe still is, a VHS of my very naked self in their jacuzzi doing the tequila dance from that scene. Is this when you were like 22, 23? I was definitely 27 at the time of that filming. But no, um, it's super embarrassing. And I kind of hope that it is no longer around. I also remember doing that dance, but I probably had clothes on. And thankfully, I was not in front of a camera. I mean, I think we all did, right? We, You have to do the tequila dance. Yeah. I mean, even Kermit the Frog did it. So the next few cameos are not so subtle. And the first one is Twisted Sister. We're back on the back lot of Warner Brothers as he's going along on his bicycle. He just got his treasured bicycle back. And he's going on this, mm-hmm. like, wild ride through the studio. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and as he does, he crashes an epic music video, which is so 80s and so hairband. It's great. And that is Twisted Sister fronted by D. Snyder for Burn in Hell. <laughs> oh, never just picturing him on the hood of that car like (laughs) it's so awful but so great yeah it's one of my favorite scenes and um i i saw that before i even knew who twisted sister was i didn't know who d snyder was you know i was so young i love how wholesome he is in real life yeah d snyder in a Wee movie is just awesome it made me love him from a really early age because of that yes and then he did Strangeland, which is awesome. Yes, yes. That's actually one that people don't really ever mention. Mm-hmm. So kudos for that. So also on Warner Brothers is Milton Berle. He actually sees Milton before he gets his bike because he's trying to get into Warner Brothers. He sneaks in with Milton Berle's entourage. Yeah. And I kind of love that part because Milton Berle makes a joke and Pee Wee laughs like way too hard. And <laughs> Milton looks back at him just kind of like, you asshole. Right. <laughs> they just keep walking. So awkward. So the next two cameos kind of go hand in hand here because they start together. The first one I'll mention is James Brolin. Who better than six foot four, very handsome <laughs> movie star James Brolin to play Pee Wee Herman in his life story. It's uncanny, right? The resemblance is there 100%. Paul Rubens actually talked about him being in the movie when he did the Dallas tour. Mm -hmm. And he said that he actually got access to the set of The Goonies, which, you know, The Goonies at the time when it was filming, it was the largest production going on. Everybody was excited about it. Everybody wanted access to that set. Paul Rubens found himself able to get into the set, which was like right next door at the time. When he was there, he asked Josh Brolin, does your dad want to be in the film I'm shooting? And Josh came <laughs> Josh came back to him and was like, hey, my dad said he'll be in your film. That's awesome. I had no idea that that's how James Brolin came to be a part of that film. I had no idea either. And so I think it's pretty funny, though, that he comes on to play Pee Wee. 
P.W. P.W. Herman. Yes. And, you know, as P.W. Herman, he does everything that Pee Wee does, like take on ninjas, ride a motorcycle. (laughs) And also his bicycle was not stolen by Francis. Instead, his motorcycle is stolen by the Soviets. I love Paul Rubens in the film within the film. Oh, my God. His voice and everything is so great. It's like dubbed over and he's like paging Mr. Herman. (laughs) Uh, Uh, You know, it brings us to the next cameo, of course, which is Morgan Fairchild. mm -hmm. And she was Dottie. So she was PW's love interest who also kicked Ninja Butt. Yes. Also the perfect resemblance. That whole movie within the movie is... I mean, I I probably think it's my favorite part of the whole film. Yeah, as I got older, that definitely became one of the bigger highlights of the film for me. Yeah, you know, when I was younger, I didn't find it as funny as I do today. Right. At all. I hadn't thought about that. When I was younger, that was not my favorite part for sure. Yeah. So the next cameo is more of a subtle one, I think. And that is John Paragon. Now, John Paragon also recently passed away. So Mm. rest in peace, Mr. Paragon. He was actually the backlaw actor in the night costume Yeah. when Pee-wee stops someone and says, can you help me find this set? Because he's looking for his bike. And he lifts up his knighthood and he has this incredibly high-pitched voice. <laughs> now, for those who don't know, John Paragon is Jombie in Jombie. Pee-wee's Playhouse. Yes. You know, he's done a lot of, of different films. Though. He did so many different films. He's worked a lot with Elvira, he has done every Pee-wee special, or even the holiday movie that came out on Netflix. Mm-hmm. You don't really realize, but man, that voice. <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely kills me. <laughs> so great. So the last cameo, and this one is just, I threw this one in just for hokey fun, especially because we were talking about Godzilla versus the Power Rangers. And Godzilla <laughs> is in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And more importantly, so is King Ghidorah. Yes, yes. They are fighting on a movie set in front of a city skyline. And, you know, they have all of these explosions, <laughs> like awesome effects and rigging. <laughs> Godzilla reaches up and grabs Ghidorah and Pee-wee comes in on his bicycle and he's just laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yes. The entire sequence of the Warner Brothers backlot is so important to this film because it gives it so much character. It really does. I mean, not only for the awesome cameos that we get, but that was the first time I ever got to see what a a studio lot looks like. Yeah, it was definitely my first time realizing what a Hollywood set was like as well with the fake Mm -hmm. backdrops. And like you said, that whole sequence is so important to the film. So, of course, Pee-wee's a big adventure because it is directed by Tim Burton. And, you know, I think Paul Rubens has that darker sense of humor also. Yes. I think that this film was also a little bit of a gateway horror film for some of us because there were some scary moments. (laughs) Yes. Large Marge in particular was definitely one of my earliest film scares. Mm -hmm. I can definitely see this as a gateway to horror. I think if you had to make a list of terrifying characters not from a horror film, this would have to be at the top of your list. Easy. Oh, yeah. Very easy. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, we just had to give her some extra love before we wrap this episode up because, again, RIP, <laughs> Large Marge, uh, January 11th. <laughs> yes. Pee Wee Herman's account, his official account, he usually posts every year. Um, so I have to check to see if he did this year or not. But he usually posts for Large Marge every single year, and I usually share it every single year. So <laughs> you definitely have to go on social media and check for that to see. Yeah. Okay. So. That's it for this episode of the Horror Geek Podcast. And thank you, Matt, for joining me talking about this awesome movie that most of us grew up with and still love today. Yes, thank you for having me. This was a blast as always. And I'm really glad we got to talk about this film. I am too. I've been really looking forward to it. So thank you, everyone, for joining us on this episode of the Horror Geek Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe if you enjoy the show and connect with us on social media at Horror Geek Life. And I'm at Horror Geek Mel on Instagram. Until next week.